Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org forward slash OC. Daniel chapter 1 and verse 15 to 17. Um, we jump back into a story of an amazing man in, in Scripture that we've been learning about. And, um, and I want to read these few, few verses here. At the end of the 10 days, their features appear better and fatter in the flesh or healthier in the flesh. For those um, of you who are concerned about Daniel putting on too much weight. Um, then all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies, thus the steward, took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. Verse 17. And, and uh, as of these four young men, God gave them, God gave them knowledge and skill in literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding. Say understanding. He had understanding in all visions and dreams. That word understanding is the word discernment. I want you to um, understand that the, the decision that Daniel made uh, to was really a decision that, as we touched on last week, was incredibly risky. It was a decision to defy the order of an evil king in a very, very difficult time for God's people. Daniel, at this point, had been taken captive, right? He's been abducted. He's now been... Um, put into this system of, of indoctrination and brainwashing him to become and think like the Babylonians, right? D- Daniel is a slave. He is oppressed. He's being held captive. He's been given an order by the king and Daniel defies the order, right? I, I want you to understand or be reminded of, remember we talked last week about what a step of faith that was. And, and, and so Daniel does this incredible, takes this incredible step of faith with so much risk. And we know that, 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 that this decision that Daniel made, it, was, it wasn't just about a decision not to eat food. It was a decision to be obedient to his God and not the Babylonian God. And in that moment, because of that decision, if you know something of David's life, uh, Daniel's life, I'm sorry, from that decision, that decision catapulted him into incredible favour, incredible opportunity. From that, that one decision, everything changed. But Daniel did not leave the captivity. And I want you to understand and I want to draw your attention to that the sacrifice that Daniel made in that moment to decide that he was going to give everything to God and trust God. And I want you to see, we just read it in verse 17, what Daniel is rewarded with by God as a result of his decision. Okay, so Daniel makes this decision, defies the order, chooses God's plan. Despite what the implications may be, despite that this very decision could cost him his life, he does it anyway. 
And you know what God rewards him with? God says, Daniel, because of what you did, I'm gonna give you discernment and understanding. And as I looked at it, I actually thought that's not a very fair trade-off. And it seems almost like on the surface, it's this anti-climatic response from God to give Daniel, who is oppressed, who is a slave, who is in bondage, who is bound to serving this king, a great response from God would be, hey, Daniel, you're free. Wouldn't it be? If, if Daniel gives everything to God and says, God, I've shown that I trust you. I've shown that I'll do whatever it takes. I've shown that I'm laying down my life. You know what God gives him? Daniel, I'm gonna keep you right where you are, but I'm gonna give you discernment to know what's going on. And it rattled me so much as I prayed about it and thought about it. And then suddenly I came to this realisation that I think God values His discernment more than I do. Because I didn't see discernment as being that big of a reward. And I think many of us probably fall into that same category where we view spiritual discernment as being some sort of this sort of airy-fairy sort of little add-on to the Christian life that most pastors or preachers have, but no one else really has because they don't really need it. And that maybe God is inviting us to a deeper understanding of what it really is to discern what God is doing in our life in the season that we're in. That maybe we could embrace the challenge that he's putting before us that maybe I need to value discernment and spiritual understanding more in my life and maybe that would help me navigate situations that I face if I didn't just view them on a surface level, but I viewed them filtered through a discerning spirit. maybe I would have more peace in the middle of challenges if I could discern better. Maybe the enemy wouldn't steal my joy so quickly if I was able to see what God was doing. Maybe I would be slower to speak and quicker to listen because I'm not viewing things the way I used to view things. I'm looking at them very differently through the eyes of the Spirit to see that God is doing something and not everything that I face I need to speak to. And some things that come across my path can actually help propel me forward. And sometimes the bondage that we feel like we're living in and the freedom that we so desperately need, what God is going to do is not going to set us free from it, but give us discernment while we're in it. And I was suddenly realised, I think I've been looking at this thing very differently. 
And so the thought that I want to talk about real quickly is what it is to develop discernment. To develop discernment. You need to be somebody, especially in this day and age, that knows what it is to discern what God is doing. What is God doing in your life right now? I want us to think about that for a minute and think of how hard that is perhaps for many of us to answer. Because it's really important. Because God is doing something in our life right now and it's only a discerning spirit that will be able to recognise the journey that God has us on. But discernment in our life has got to be developed. I want to give you three things that I want you to write down real quickly. I want you to write down tough times, trusted hearts, and tested lives. Tough times, trusted hearts, and tested lives. These are all environments that develop discernment in our life. Do you know that discernment in your life is developed in tough times? And it sucks because we don't want tough times, we want good times. But in good times and easy times, more often than not, I don't need discernment. It's, it's only, I only really need discernment more often than not when I'm facing difficulties. And yes, God is doing something in our life, even in difficult times, but I've noticed something about myself. I won't seek the voice of God when life is easy as much as I seek the voice of God when life is hard. And so the, the beauty of tough times, the beauty of difficult times is it actually creates an environment that develops a spirit of discernment within us. And it's so interesting that God's response is to not remove Daniel from the situation, but to give him discernment to see what God is doing right in the middle of it. And so often what happens is we get so fixated on God's next that we miss out on the ability to discern what God is saying to us right now. And in doing so, we actually delay what God is gonna bring us to next. That understand that God's plan for your life is incredibly powerful. And it's more powerful than the challenges that you find yourself in. And that one of the things that God wants to do and develop through discernment in our life is not just removing us out of difficult situations, but giving us power over it while we're still in it. Because if I only find peace when the storm leaves, then the storm still has power over my life. And all the enemy has to do is just send the same storm back into my life and steal my peace again. Because the storm's authority over your life 
doesn't disappear when the storm leaves. The storm's authority over your life disappears when it loses its influence on your life. And one of the most powerful things that we can do as believers is stand right in the middle of a storm and still have peace because a discerning spirit has been able to show you that while you're in the middle of the storm, God's purpose and plan on your life is greater than the challenge that you're in. But we won't see that if we don't discern it. What is God trying to show us? What is God trying to reveal to us? Deeper understanding of who He is often happens in the darkest places. But we don't want the dark places. But understand how powerful they are to developing discernment in our life. And we don't want to experience the anxiety. But until I know what it is to experience the anxiety, I'll never know His peace. And sometimes I've got to walk through challenging times and difficult times in order to be able to discern the power of God over it and not just wait for Him to remove me from it. This is how tough times, difficult times can develop discernment in our life. Ephesians 1 verse 15 And 18, Paul prays for the church in Ephesus. He says, Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, this is Paul's prayer for the church, that He may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. This is what Paul, listen, understand how difficult it was to be a Christian at that time. And the Christians were being persecuted under Roman rule that the church was facing a lot of challenges, a lot of difficulties. And Paul's prayer for the church is that they would have discernment. I look at that and I wanna say, Paul, like, is that it, bro? You're not gonna pray for freedom. You're not gonna pray for deliverance. You're not gonna pray for protection. You're not gonna pray for breakthrough. You're just gonna pray for discernment. Look at how the Apostle Paul views what it is to have discernment. That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened that you would see what God is doing beneath the surface of the challenges that you face, that you would smile in the middle of a storm because you know that the joy of the Lord is your strength and no storm is gonna come and stop what God is doing in and through your life. This is how discernment gets developed. The second thing that I told you to write down was trusted hearts. When Daniel made that decision 
that on the surface it was just so insignificant and nothing to choose a different meal and drink to everybody else. But there was something so much deeper that was happening. Daniel in this moment, his heart was being tested. And his heart was being tested. Will Daniel lay down everything in this moment and surrender his heart, his plan, his purpose, all of it for the sake of doing what he feels like God is telling him to do? Is Daniel's heart trusted right now in this moment? And because Daniel was able to to pass this this, this moment, this, this opportunity to perhaps forego God's plan out of fear of what could happen, forego God's purpose and, and focus upon Daniel's purpose and what Daniel wants and what Daniel's believing for and Daniel's vision. No, in this moment, Daniel's heart is one that can be trusted. And because His heart is one that can be trusted. More was given to him, the ability to discern and see what others did not. And because his heart was now trusted, he was elevated to positions of favour and influence that prior to this were unheard of. And often what happens is we, we, we lack discernment in our life because God will only give us what we can be trusted with. And if He gave us this level of discernment, could He trust us with it? Could He he trust us with being able to see beyond what everybody else sees and being able to see things in the Spirit and not use that to prop ourselves up to advance our own agenda. That maybe perhaps many of us are praying for and believing for things in our lives that we're not ready yet. And if God was to give it to us, it would spoil us. Because really, to be honest, we're not probably managing what we have right now all that well. But we're so wired and geared to want more and pray for more and believe more and build better and build bigger that we just keep doing and doing and doing and we're so fixated on next that we're missing now. And there was this moment where there was an emptying that took place in Daniel's life where he said, you know what, I'm I'm done. Whatever it is that you want me to do, God, I'm gonna do it. And God in that moment said, this is where I've wanted to get you. And I've got you now, right? Where I want you now, I can give you discernment in your life to see even what the kings cannot see and what the king's people cannot see because now your heart is one that can be trusted. We are so quick to pray, God, fill me. But the challenge is, is there any room? Fill me, Lord. It sounds so spiritual, doesn't it? Fill me, Lord. I don't know what these dance moves are. Just, it's the best I've got, guys. 
It's such a spiritual thing to say, isn't it? Feel me, Lord. Well, where's He going to put more of Him when your life is so full of clutter and self? We're singing, feel me, Lord. God's like, I'm trying. <laughs> feel me, Lord. I've been trying to do it for a while, but you idiots won't listen. And I've told you to get rid of your own agenda and your own plan for years now, but you keep convincing yourself that your way is better. And if you would humble yourself and actually not pray, feel me, but pray, empty me. then I would fill you because of trust empty people because empty people have got no agendas and their plans are submitted and surrendered to me and they're not living for themselves anymore and they're not about building their own empire but they're surrendered to building my kingdom. So empty people I'll fill and I'll give discernment to and I'll raise them up and I'll bless them because I know that anything I give to them is going to flow through them and I'm going to get the glory. Can I, can I be trusted? How many of us are filling our prayers with things that we can't be trusted with anyway? Grow the business? Bro, you're neglecting your family now. I'm not trying to be harsh, but I'm just telling you the truth. Grow the business? That would destroy you. Destroy you. People praying, oh, I want to get, I want a spouse, I want to get married. I want. You're not stewarding your singleness. And if you don't know what it is to steward your singleness and live a life of victory in your purity now, you think a marriage is going to fix it? Two halves don't make a whole. Two halves make a screwed up mess. We've got to know what it is to actually say, God, I just empty me and want to get to this place that I can be trusted. There's so many things that we want God to do and we get carried away with praying and focusing on. But we've got to get to that place where we're like, you know what, God, whatever it is, whatever you do or don't do, it's not about the results I see or the success I have, but it's about building your kingdom. And whatever that looks like, that's up to you. Paul says in Romans 12, 1 to 2, and I'll finish. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it to a close quick. Romans 12, verse 1 to 2, Paul says, I beseech you or I beg you, I beg you, listen to these words. Brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, right? So the Hebrew, Hebrew thought behind that 
is your whole self, okay? Present your whole self as a living sacrifice. Present your whole self as a living sacrifice. Your whole self. So my mind, my thoughts, my emotions, my ambition, my vision, my plan, my dreams, my desires, my hurts, my fears, my pain, my insecurity, my past, my future, my family, my kids, my career. It's getting bad, isn't it? Paul's saying all of that, sacrifice it. Then Paul has the audacity to go on and say that this act, right? We're talking, what I'm talking about right now sounds like this climactic moment of the Christian walk that when you are doing that, that's when you're a real Christian, doesn't it? That's what it sort of sounds like. It's like, okay, dear God, Ben, I mean, present everything as a living sacrifice. It almost sounds like that's what we've got to try and get to as the goal. But Paul goes on and he says, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And this would be your reasonable act of service. Wait, 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 wait. You mean to tell me that presenting everything to God is not the goal? That that's not what I'm trying to get to. That's where I start. I mean, this is rough. This is horrible. I've got to be honest. This is, you're about to have a bad week because this verse is going to plague you. That's where I start. Paul says, yeah, yeah, that's reasonable. That'll do. That'll do. I think that's all I got. Imagine what God would do in and through our lives if we just committed to living this one verse. You could, you could honestly, you could take that one verse. I know for me, I could take that one verse and, and that would be enough homework for me for the rest of my life. Maybe that's why Paul said he takes up his cross daily. And if we did that, then we would develop a level of discernment in our life that is so beyond what you could imagine. And God would show you things. Things of the Spirit, things that are so beyond what's going on in your life, around your life and in the world in which we live. And if ever there was a need for Christians to have discernment, it's right now. 
because we are living our lives in reaction to what we see and not in response to a discerning spirit. And He desperately wants to reveal, wants to show, wants to guide, but He couldn't trust us with it because we're too full of ourselves and our agenda and our plan. But if we get to a place where our hearts are trusted, that's where discernment is developed. And the last thought that you wrote down is knowing what it is to have a life that's been tested. The th- and you can check it out on, on the 9am uh, the and sermon. But a life that's tested And what's so interesting about the different points is when you get to the last point, it actually takes you back to the first one. Because how does God test us? By challenges and difficulties and fire. That's where my faith is. Grown. Have you ever prayed... Dear God, test me. (laughs) I didn't think so. I thought of it this morning. It doesn't sound right, does it? It sounds like, I know, it's all right. You can be real. Like, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound like we should pray that. Because God doesn't test us. He loves us. God doesn't test me. God loves me. Yeah, He loves you. And because He loves you, He does test you. Because when Jesus was taken to the desert, it said that a spirit from God took Jesus to the desert to be tested. And I was challenged with that thought this morning. I was up praying and, and, and I thought of that because my answer was the same as yours. I don't think I ever prayed, God, test me. And I felt the Holy Spirit challenge me and said, will not you pray it? And I said, no. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> but then I was challenged because if I don't want to pray, God, test me, then that probably means that I don't trust Him. And then he sort of, the Holy Spirit got me in this, you know what I mean, mess real quickly. And I was like, okay, shut up. You're right, I'm wrong. And I, pl- and I prayed it real quietly because I'm not sure what's going to happen, you know. <laughs> and I've got to be honest, I don't really want him to test me because I'm sick of being freaking tested, bro. But I pray, God, will you test me? Because nothing that hasn't been tested can be trusted. And I want to be trusted. And the testing that happened yesterday, I need to happen again today. Because that's how I grow. 
And the testing that refined my faith yesterday, I need to happen again in my life to refine my faith today because I wanna be someone that operates with a spirit of discernment. But I gotta know what it is to pray the same thing that David prayed in Psalm 26 and verse two. And he said this in the NIV, it puts it like this, test me God. I dare you this week to pray that. God, test me. Squeeze, break, shake, cut off any part of me that's not you. And I know it's gonna be hard. And I know it's gonna be tough, but this is what develops our discernment. And if we wanna walk in it like Daniel did, we've gotta go through the process that's before us. It's tough times, it's trusted hearts and it's tested lives. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free Chapel OC.